At ADP, we understand the importance of building the right team and offer the data insights to help. Just as importantly, our AI technology helps you pay the team accurately. Grow stronger with ADP. HR, talent, time, and payroll. Dear me, dear me, very interesting. I think I should dictate a notice to be put in the Chatham papers. Well, what would that be, Ohm? Wanted. Particulars of a lady seen entering the grounds of Yoxley Old Place immediately prior to the murder. What? You mean, you mean that the crime was committed by a woman? Uh, don't interrupt, Watson. The notice continues. The lady was well attired. She has a thick nose, eyes set close together on either side of it. Her forehead is puckered, her expression peering, and her shoulders rounded. She has been to an optician twice in the last two months. Her glasses are of remarkable strength. That, Lestrade, is the woman we must find. It should not be too difficult. In just a moment, we'll see if Sherlock Holmes is able to find the mysterious woman. Ladies and gentlemen, here's what you want to do when you feel a cold coming on. Here's what you want to do at the very first sign of a cold. Take famous bromoquinine cold tablets. Bromoquinine tablets don't fool. No, sir, they get right after a cold's symptoms. They get right after a cold's misery. They relieve the headache and other pains that go with a cold. They relieve that stuffiness and feeling of depression that accompanies a cold. They help reduce the fever that goes with a cold. Bromoquinine tablets are fast and decisive in their action. First, because they're made especially for the relief of the common cold. And second, because they act internally. You can take lots of things for the relief of a cold, but nothing more reputable and reliable than famous bromoquinine tablets. Get them at any drugstore at the first symptoms of a cold. Ask for Bromo, B-R-O-M-O, quinine, Q-U-I-N-I-N-E, bromoquinine cold tablets. Thank heavens it stopped raining. I was beginning to think I was growing wet-footed, like a duck. This, Miss Holmes, is the path leading to the study door. Yes. Grass margin is narrow. Very narrow. That confirms my theory that the tracks were made on the way in. Well, but how can you tell that? The tracks have been completely obliterated. No nearsighted woman who has just lost her glasses could have managed to keep to this narrow strip of grass. This uh, door to the study was usually kept open, I suppose. Yes, yes. Come in, Holmes. Come in. And all she had to do was to walk in. The idea of murder was not in her mind. She had to pick the first weapon she could find. Uh, this is the study, sir. Yes, yes. Let's have a look at the bureau first. The doors don't interest us. Nothing of importance in there. It gets unlocked. The cupboard on the contrary... Ah, how about this? The recent scratch on the face of this cupboard beginning at the keyhole. So we discovered her while she was at her work. She tried to withdraw her key or fossing implement and made this mark. Who keeps the key of this bureau? The professor on his watch chain. Hmm. Young Mr. Smith catches the lady at her work. In her excitement, she snatches the first weapon that comes to hand, loses her glasses, and makes her escape. She didn't go out of the study door, we know that. She didn't go up the stairs, or she'd have met Mrs. Marker and Susan. Hmm. Why don't we take a look at that corridor leading to the professor's room, Lestrade? Oh, very well. This way, Holmes. But I warn you, you'll find nothing. I've been over every inch of it, and I promise you oh, there's not a thing that... Coconut matting, eh? Coconut matting? 
Just like that in the corridor leading to the outside door. That's most significant. Well, I must say I don't see the thing. Uh, to a nearsighted I... lady who has just lost her glasses, Watson, one corridor with coconut matting must look very much like another. Yes, the professor was in his room all the time. He would have seen her. Quite. Uh, suppose we have a chat with the professor. He must be in. I can smell the smoke of his turkey cigarette from here. Ah, uh, Mr. Holmes, I believe. Have I told you are coming? I'm glad to see you. About my receiving you in bed like this, but the shock of this horrible affair. Uh, will you have a cigarette? No. I think you'll like these. Made especially for me. Huh. Thank you. Ah, uh, I am a great smoker, I'm afraid. It is my special vice. Well, have you decided anything about this terrible affair? Yes, Professor. We've decided that the murderer... It'll be almost impossible to trace. Almost impossible to trace. Uh, you mm-hmm. see, there are so few clues. Uh, that's what I was afraid of. Yes, Mr. Holmes. Uh, oh, do take another cigarette. I am glad to see someone else as ravenous a smoker as I am. <laughs> Thank you. My private opinion is that the poor boy committed suicide. Heaven only knows why. But the, uh, the golden pasme. Ah, yes, the eyeglasses. That is a bit curious, I admit. But you know what young people are like these days. Emotionally unstable, no backbone, no stamina. They may have been a sort of a love token. The glasses, I mean. Queerer things than that have been cherished as such, you know. That's true. I hadn't thought of that. Holmes, that's your third cigarette. You're behaving like a furnace. It'll ruin your health. There's a great deal to be said for that suicide theory of yours, Professor Cram. And now we must apologize for intruding on you. I promise we won't disturb you again till after you've had your lunch. At two o'clock, we should be ready to take our leave. Come along, Watson. Professor Cram looks rather tired. taste of those horrible cigarettes out of my mouth. Oh, then why did you smoke so many? Oh, I had to, Watson. I have a theory. Those cigarettes should confirm it. Ah, two o'clock. Time to pay our farewell respects to Professor Cram. I must say, Holmes, I've never seen you so slipped out about any case. All you've done for the last two hours is sit out there in the garden with your eyes closed. Not quite all, Watson. I've discovered that the uh, professor's appetite has not been affected by his recent shock. In fact, it seems, uh, yes, it seems better than ever. Just two, in your prompt. Well, sir, have you solved this mystery yet? Yes. Indeed. In the garden, I suppose. I saw you sitting out there in the sun. No, no, no. I I solved it uh, here, in this room. Here? But when? This very moment, Professor Cram. How, uh, how very interesting. Yes. The lady who committed the crime, not intentionally, but in a frenzy of fear, well, this lady lost her sense of direction... And mistaking one coconut matting for another, ran into this room. All very fine, Mr. Holmes, but you forget I was here. I would have seen her. Quite. Yes. You did see her, and you recognized her. You also aided her to escape. You are mad. I helped her to escape? How? By concealing her from the police. Then where is she now? Hmm? Oh, she's there, behind the corner bookcase. What? Notice the uh, footprints in the cigarette ashes I so carefully scattered on your carpet. Why do you think I was so particularly untidy? You are right, Mr. Holmes. I am here. I have heard everything. I am your prisoner. I do not wish to escape. Only believe me when I say I did not mean to kill him, the young man. I believe you, madam. But sit down. I, I fear you're far from well. <laughs> you're right, Mr. Holmes. 
Right as usual. I want you to hear my story. I want you to know the truth. As you like, I... madam, as you like. But uh, you mustn't excite yourself. There's plenty of time. Ah, there you are wrong, Mr. Holmes. There is so little time. I am this man's wife, Professor Cram. He is not English. He is Russian. You were reformers, revolutionists, many years ago. Yet in a time of trouble, a police officer was killed. They suspected our brotherhood. But we were not guilty. In order to save his own life and earn a large reward, this man turned state evidence. We were all arrested on his confession. It was false. Some of us found our way to the gallows. Some to Siberia. I was among the latter. My... My husband escaped to England with his ill-gotten gains. He stole the papers that would have proved our innocence. After many years, I made my escape. I determined to find my husband and those papers, which meant freedom and life for so many of my comrades. Imagine my terror when the young man caught me with them in my hands. I lost my head. Yes, I... my dear, you are always impulsive. I see now I should have turned you over to the police this time as I did the last. No danger of that, my brave Sergei. You were afraid the English authorities would find out who you really are and deport you to Russia. Well, your life would not be worth two pins. That is the end of the story, gentlemen. Stop her, Holmes, stop her. In a small bottle in her hand. Drop that, drop that, madam. I, I am done. But it is too late. I took the poison before I came out of my hiding place. One thing more. This hatchet. It is the evidence. Please, they will deliver it to the Russian embassy. They will know what to do. You may count on it, madam. Thank you, gentlemen. I, I have done my duty. It, it is the end. You must be sorry for me. I will be happy. No. Holmes, she's she's gone. Peace be to her spirit. Well, that was an unusual story, Doctor Watson. Yes, I don't know when I've felt sorrier. But for a murderer. That, that description Holmes gave of the woman after examining the glasses, I realized he could tell she was very nearsighted from the strength of the lenses, but the rest... Well, she was a woman of refinement. The glasses were handsomely mounted in gold. The clips were very wide, showing the lady's nose was broad at the base. The center of the lenses were close together, therefore the eyes were close set. A lady so nearsighted as that is bound to develop a peering look. A pocket forehead and stooping shoulders. Yes, but the two visits to the ocular... Oh, well, the clips were lined with tiny bands of cork. One was slightly worn, and the other had been replaced at some recent time and was almost new. They corresponded exactly, however. So she must have gone back to the same establishment. Mm, it does seem obvious when you explain it. Quite, my dear Manning, as some would say. Quite. <laughs> Ladies and gentlemen, remember the danger of the so-called common cold. Remember the sickness it can cause and the bills it can cost. Act promptly, decisively at the first sign of a cold. Take famous bromoquinine tablets. Bromoquinine tablets have a reputation. Their fame extends to all quarters of the globe. Their merit is an assured fact. 
Reliability is the one thing you want in any medicine, especially in a medicine for the relief of cold. Don't wait. Don't procrastinate when you feel a cold coming on. Go right to your druggist and get a box of bromoquinine tablets. The small cost may save you a lot in grief and expense. Ask clearly for bromoquinine cold tablets. And now, Dr. Watson, how about next week's story? Well, next week, Mr. Manning, I'll tell you how Holmes and I <laughs> managed to solve the case of Godfrey Emsworth, the blonde soldier. A strange and particularly gruesome mystery. <laughs> have been listening to a Sherlock Holmes adventure adapted from Sir Arthur Conan Doyle's story, The Golden Pond's Name, with Basil Rathbone as Sherlock Holmes and Nigel Bruce as Dr. Watson. The dramatization was by Edith Miser. This program is presented from Hollywood every week at the same time by the makers of bromoquinine cold tablets. Quick relief for cold. This is Knox Manning speaking. This is the National Broadcasting Company.